Talk Radio, 1100, it's Chatterbox, where you'll find the latest news, interviews, and updates about the gaming world. The views and opinions expressed are those of the host, the guests, and the callers only, and not necessarily those of KFNX News Talk Radio, 1100. And now, here's your host for Chatterbox. That's right. Just like the guy said, you're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. My name is Ara. And this is Eric. And Alon. Do you remember a guy named Alon? I remember mowing Alon. It's such a distant memory, but we used to have <laughs> we a co-host <laughs> named Alon. And he's uh, he's still in, where is he in? Croatia? Uh, yeah, Serbia, Croatia. Zagreb? <laughs> somewhere, somewhere in Eastern Europe doing something. He said it was a vacation. I don't really believe it's a vacation. Yeah, no one vacations in war-torn areas of Eastern Europe. So he's doing something for some kind of government, I think. Yeah, there was a metal briefcase, like handcuffed to his wrist, something like that. Anyway, um, surprisingly, I actually hope for a safe return, and uh, maybe he'll be back next week. Yeah, maybe. Which means you'll be gone, actually. Yeah, I'll be out of here. But, um, yeah. So, anyway, it's uh, (laughs) it's been an interesting week this past week, yeah? Yep. There's, uh, before we get into the real nitty-gritty, uh, something that we do at, from time to time is we talk about uh, what we've been playing lately. And I've been playing only a little bit of stuff lately, but uh, I want to hear about, uh, you've been playing anything lately these days? Um, yeah, I've Over actually... Over the past week. Yeah, I made, I made a little time this week to, to play a couple of things. I got some things to uh, check out, to review. I was playing uh, Dungeon Siege 3 for the uh, Xbox 360, kind of a dungeon crawler multiplayer similar in the i guess similar vein to gauntlet but with um, more serious rpg elements um what the do you know who made that game what the what was the uh publisher the, the developer, developer was obsidian and the uh, publisher was square enix oh interesting interesting yeah it's a uh, kind of a odd mix of uh developer and publisher I don't well know well square enix it. right i mean <laughs> It's not like they can depend on Final Fantasy anymore, can they? I, I personally really enjoyed Thirteen. I I was one of the very few, but I, I enjoyed it quite a wasn't, bit. Wasn't that the abysmal financial failure of the game that... Uh... Actually, I think that's the only place it succeeded. It got poor reviews, got uh, completely panned across the board, and almost every review... So then what was it? It was, it was 12 then, huh? Uh, yeah, I, well, 12 was the, the highest selling ever, and then 13 became the highest selling ever. And that's that's obviously just including, like, its initial lifespan. So why like, are they the out of money? Wasn't, that, I thought that Final Fantasy lately was just an abysmal commercial failure. Well, they, they sold uh, 6 million copies uh, up through, I'm going to say about six months ago, so I'm not sure what the totals are now, but they uh, they said they made their development budget back and then some. I think where they're losing money is that they purchased Eidos, and they haven't produced really anything that made any money. The Kane and Lynch games made no money and were terrible. Uh, they they have a lot of stuff planned for the next year, but yeah, they're they're so deep in the hole, it's it's scary. Okay, so we actually don't care about them that much. So <laughs> back to this game, right? Mm-hmm. So this is I mean this is like what like isometric view like. Top view dungeon yeah, it, crawler. It has a movable yeah. camera. Yeah, um, okay, but most of it's uh, 
kind of three-quarter overhead. Anything spectacular or redeeming about this product here? I, I wish I could say yes. Nothing's really stood out. I've, I've tried all the different character classes, and uh, they're very standard stuff. The The closest thing I, I saw, you know, that, that was something different was um, one of the characters has these, like, phantom pistols where she shoots ghost bullets and you can get other ghost guns and it's an interesting concept i don't really know i I would think that of all bullets i would fear ghost bullets the least but apparently they they do a number on bad guys now here's here's the thing about these kinds of games that it's very interesting to me because i always love the idea of these types of games but most of the versions or the reiterations or the redos or whatever you want to call it of these that do come out, they are hopelessly boring to me because mm-hmm. I actually I don't find anything satisfying whatsoever about the exact mechanics of how the game moves and plays. And I'll give you an example, right? Mm-hmm. <clears throat> For example, I, I don't know. I don't know if this is before your time, right? <laughs> do you ever play a game called Dungeon Explorer? Or Dungeon Explorer 2 on the Turbo Graphics? No, actually. Or to maybe reference something a little less obscure, only a little, um, like the Soul Blazer. Oh yeah, yeah. I was a big fan of the Soul Blazer. So okay, is that? I mean, is it even fair to draw a connection there? I, I think a lot of the charm that was found in Soul Blazer um, and all those other old Enix, like kind of hopping around exploring dungeon games is lost in the uh, just the the completely soulless feel of these current generation of uh, these just generic dungeon crawlers. Um, yeah, so here's the difference for me, right, is that in, in some of those older games, right, and I wouldn't necessarily say it's because it's older, but it just happens to work out that way, there was something really interesting about the mechanics, about, like, fighting was interesting. Mm-hmm. Now I feel that most of these, these types of games, the actual combat is a complete... Even though it's in real time, it feels like you're just rolling dice. Well, to me, it feels... It's even more boring than that. I mean, there's there's a Dungeon Dragon Dagger Dale, I think is what it's called, that just came out last week. That's the one... I, yeah, I was actually trying to find that. That's the one, right? On that's, XBLA? Yeah, that's the one yeah. that actually is virtual... Uh, dice rolling with every attack. Right. It's it's so real-time, and it feels so turn-based, but it's even worse than that because it also feels like I don't have to really express anything tactical about what I'm doing. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't matter. And so it's like, oh, okay, you know, wow, lots of treasure in this little corner of the cavern. Oh, I beat this spider, I got all this treasure. Right? And then you get some satisfaction out of just collecting these, like, surprising masses of treasure. But then... I get to this point very quickly. I'm like, okay, well, what is satisfying about this? I've been running over a lot of graphics, and I'm collecting them. Mm-hmm. And, like, okay, you can feel good about that for a little while. But, <laughs> I mean, after that, there's, like, nothing. And yeah. I don't want to play it. Well, the the ones that always worked for me, I, I never – I didn't play a ton of them. There's been so many. Uh, the original Diablo, I really enjoyed as far as a dungeon crawler. I got really into that as one of my first PC games that I right. cared about. Um Fantasy Star Online, back in the Dreamcast days, GameCube days. I hate to say it, but I think I've invested at least 100-plus hours into, into that game. When, in when Fantasy it was Star. That, way back when, yeah, Fantasy Star Online. Yeah, I actually found my save a, a, a few months ago, and um, I got the game off of uh, Gamefly to see if my game save was still working. 
and it was at like 240 some hours on the GameCube version. I think I probably yeah, put twice that on the Dreamcast. But it ah. it's, it had a, a mechanic to it that kind of speaking to what you said, like you had to time your attacks to get combos. There was to, there was something. I still feel totally gypped after investing so much time in 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 the sense that I feel like I've wasted my life. Mm-hmm. But while I was playing, it did seem interesting and compelling, and it didn't seem like there was at least some mechanical skill component. Yeah. And I think that's what it comes down to, right? And it's, I don't know, it's always, it's one of these trade-off things that's always happening in games where it's like, well, you know, people people like the fact that it's not directly hand-eye coordination based, or some people do, because they don't feel like... You know, they have to. They can play the game without those kinds of demands being placed on them because they don't feel like they can handle it. But then, on the other hand, there's like people like me who I want there to be some demand of skill on there. So, and there's always those one-offs like uh, Torchlight. Like I finally got to play that on uh, on XBLA and was kind of taken back to that feel of the older games. Like it was, it was pretty and it's charming and it's simple. There really wasn't anything to the to the attacks, to the mechanics of the fight system or anything, but it still had a, a measurable amount more draw to it than these other, you know, the Dungeons and Dragons, Dungeon Siege. It's it's basically the same type of game, same thing. You pick up loot and you get rare items, whatever. But it just it's so much more engrossing, and I don't know why. This is like an intangible amount of soul in the game that that just really kind of is uh, it exudes through gameplay. Yeah, and it's not there with the other. I don't maybe. know. You, you or know, maybe it's the crack. It could be the crack too. It could be. You have to watch out for a crack. Yeah. In your games these days. Yeah, because the digital ones, you don't get the, you don't get the, the crack. You well, get the digital crack. For example, right in in the XBLA one, what was that called again? Daggerdale. Daggerdale. Okay. I was thinking. <laughs> I was thinking of another word that started with dagger, and I knew it wasn't it. So, um, there is. It's. I don't know. Part of that, it's it's really hard, I think, sometimes to separate the intrinsic compulsion when they do such a good job of giving you, for example, like a feedback loop of you collecting stuff, and that's a compulsion to play, right? Mm-hmm. Whereas there's another type of comp- like you don't get that compulsion with Street Fighter. Yeah, you get you're still compelled to play if you're if Street Fighter's your kind of game, but it's a different type of compulsion. Completely, yeah. Right. And sometimes it's kind of hard to separate those things. Like, I think a lot of times this this soul that you're talking about, maybe maybe it's truly something of value, but I think a lot of times also that it can be dressed up enough that it can masquerade as this, this, this crack-like compulsion that appears to be all shiny. It's like Las Vegas. <laughs> it's all pretty... Mm-hmm. There's all these dancing girls, there's the lights everywhere, there's money everywhere, but th- they don't show you the seedy side. They yeah. don't show you the guy who just lost all his money in one round of poker. Yeah, or if you go to, like, Laughlin or Reno or something like that, it's not yeah. as pretty, yeah. you start to see... You don't see the depressing side where, where people with limbs falling off are trying to gamble, mm-hmm. and it's just... That's a very bad thing. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, um, I don't know. What else have you been playing? Uh, Let's move on. I am pretty big into fighting games. I the new character came out for Mortal Kombat. Check that out. The uh, one made out of blood. Yeah. Is this like what's going on with that? Like really? <laughs> like the character is? I mean, does that? I, I'm not a good. I'm not a good person to evaluate this. So this is why I'm asking. Well, 
when it comes to characters that you know, Mortal Kombat's notorious for palette swaps. They've got ten different ninjas that are identical. You know, there's right. different colors. Right. This is another one of those. They they took the the standard busty you know female character and they made her maroon and gave her a different move set. And it's she throws uh, these ninja knives instead of. Uh, are they made out of blood as well? No. No, no. they're no, the something. kinds that have the little uh, little hole cut in them, like okay. you would see a rope attached to it. So you know. Anyway. But doesn't she like turn in the blood and she throws she, blood and she like she like yeah, it's hard to spits tell. blood she, um, at you. <laughs> she takes her hand behind her back and like claws out a chunk of something and throws it, and it's just a glob of blood. And then her her uh, fatality involves her uh, punching you, brutalizing you, or whatever, and then your blood from you know the opponent shooting over her face while she. You know, okay. dances around. Is this it. fun? No. Thumbs up? No. Okay. No. There's, Thumbs there's, down. There's several more characters coming out this We got a break. We'll, we'll talk about something see. better than a bloody character when we come back. <laughs> Arizona's News Talk Leader, KFNX, AM 1100. And we're back. Chatterbox Video Game Radio. Very very well done, sir. (laughs) Thank you. Except for when we talked at the same time. Yeah. But that's, you know what? This is high radio that we're doing here. Yeah. And sometimes when you push the envelope, you, you tend to break a few eggs. Yeah, I think that's how the saying goes. Yeah, that's how <laughs> that's how it goes right now. So that's yeah, just like you said, it's Chatterbox. Uh, if you want to call in, you can do that. Our number is 866-536-1100. And I'll also like to take this time to mention our wonderful sponsor, UAT the University of Advancing Technology, where you can go to school and learn about making games and all kinds of cool stuff. You can check them out at UAT.com. .edu. .edu, yes, because they're an educational Mm -hmm. entity. Yes. And they get the .edu. Do not go... You know what? If you go to UAT.com, bad things will probably happen. You might not be cut out for UAT. You might. That's true. I might not be cut out for UAT, apparently. (laughs) You might get a rootkit installed on your computer. Uh, You might have your um, home address sent directly to LulzSec. Who knows what could happen? Yeah, well, so not, not anymore. Though. Don't make the mistake that I made. <laughs> Lulsec is gone, so you can you can, you so can they finally say. go. Yeah, so they say. So uh, <laughs> uat.edu is the correct uh, web suffix. There you okay, go. so fantastic. So we were talking about some games. Yeah. What's the next game on the list? Uh, like I said, I've been playing a lot of stuff this week. Uh, oh yeah, the, the the blood character. Do we want to say anything more about that? Um, yeah, it's not that good. We don't if, care. If I were she's made of blood, not a competitive player of Mortal Kombat, yet yeah. a fan, yeah. I would wait for all the characters to come out at once instead of doing this one yeah. character a month thing. Yeah. I'm made out of blood. Yeah. You're probably made out of blood too. Uh, I mean, not completely. I've been told. And not completely. Yeah. Probably more water. Yeah. It's a very diluted solution. Well, blood is, is a lot of water. Yeah. yeah. But maybe not that special for a character to be made out of blood. Yeah. Maybe, anyway. Maybe Sub-Zero needs to, to take care of her. I digress. <laughs> that, would, that could be interesting. Okay. So, 
What's next? Uh, Super Street Fighter 4 Arcade Edition. Okay, so I'm so confused now. <laughs> How many Street Fighter 4s have come out so far? Uh, there's really only three, but... Only three Street, Street Fighter, Fighter 4s. I, only, okay, I, I, just wanted only. To, I just wanted to say that just so everyone could hear <laughs> how that sounds. I say only because Capcom has you know, a history of doing six or eight iterations or however many Street Fighter 2s there were. Uh, Street Fighter 3 had three. And Street Fighter Four has three, so far. So we're for, we're on par, par yeah. for the course now. Yep. Nothing, nothing yeah. to be alarmed about yet. No, they say this is it, but they said that they were okay. going after the okay. last. Okay, what one. was the first first one? So Street Fighter Four. Okay, second one. Super Street Fighter Four. Okay, third one. Super Street Fighter Four Arcade Edition. Okay, so what is? Why would I buy this? What's going on here? Four four new characters. Um, there's uh, two very popular characters from Street Fighter Three, Third Strike. Nobody made out of blood. Uh, no, not, I don't think so. I think we'd, we'd like to think that the Street Fighter developers are a little more creative than that. Yeah, because even when characters get bitten in the neck, it, blood doesn't come out. It's mostly sweat and vomit. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, there's there's Yan and Yang, which are the the twins. Well, these they're, they're these are from twins. Street Fighter Three. Yes. Right. Yep. So they're totally new for Street Fighter 4. Correct. But they okay. play just like they used to, um, and they're very uh, powerful in this game. Um, basically, Street Fighter 4 was canon, was the one. And then Super Street Fighter 4 added a ton of characters from Street Fighter 3 and Alpha to appease fans. So basically, they kind of broke the story at that point. Right. And then this just continues on that really, path. Really? Really? You broke the story? If if there's a story to be broken, it was broken in, <laughs> after four. Okay, you're not playing Street Fighter for the story. No. Okay. Okay. Just want to no. make sure. No, I I may I play some games for the story, like Halo. I I do enjoy the story, but you know, it, Street Fighter is not about story. I would like I would like to meet someone one day. I don't even know if this person exists who places very very high regard to the the Street Fighter uh, uh, storyline in canon. It might not be that that. Far fetched because there's a huge comic line that's based on Street Fighter Four, uh, several years worth. Okay, you know I feel like we've already given this topic <laughs> too much brain cells, so let's ignore that and keep going. To uh, to just wrap it up, there's also uh, Evil Ryu, okay. and Oni, who is the demon Akuma. Okay, character. Evil Ryu, really? Yeah, he's is back. It, is it was that from a previous Street Fighter? Pretty much all of them, except for the Street Fighter Two. I mean, he's in. He's in Alpha and... Uh, We're not talking about Akuma. No. no. He plays just like him, though. Very similar. And then Akuma <sighs> has a new devil version okay. called Oni. Who of course can, he does. He can air dash and he can do air super kills. And yeah, he's he's uh, very well designed. He's, he's very impressively designed. Um, he's not just a palette swap like Mortal Kombat. But, uh, and okay. then also All the right. game comes with a variety of new... Replay options, um, there's built-in tournament mode where you can actually do brackets and handle all that with multiple players, 32-man brackets, and uh, you can do online, offline tournaments, and uh, there's a complete rebalance of the game to make it to tournament, tournament worthy. So better, in your opinion, or oh, yeah. worse? It's no, it's, it's great. It's yeah. just they released it today uh, for $40 on disc, yeah. and I think that's that's uncalled for. I think it should have been 30 so, just, but but you're gonna buy it anyway. I bought it this morning. See, that's what they do. They I, said they said you know what? <laughs> they're gonna think that we're ripping them off, but they're gonna buy it anyway. Well, the worst part is that I bought the downloadable content, which had the exact same thing in it three weeks ago. Ooh, 
but now I have a portable version to take to my poor friends' houses who don't buy the DLC. So, so your message to Capcom is bring it on. I'll bring out anything, it. I'll buy it. Speaking of which, the other <laughs> game that I bought today was uh, Resident Evil Mercenaries 3. Yes, so and interesting. I played it this, this afternoon. Uh, it is noted and confirmed that when you start the game, it does tell you that you are creating a permanent save game, and basically that means you can't reset your scores and you can never erase your saved game. So. You know, that brings up some controversy because people who purchase used games now will automatically have to pick up where the last person left off. Right. Now, there's there's a couple of things about this issue, right? Mm. It's can, can you confirm that the fact that you can't erase the save file and start all over is not really that big a deal? Well, I... I do buy some games used, but most of them are disc-based, I guess, cartridge-based. Right. Back in the day when we all had cartridge-based games, the the saved games were on disc or on the cartridge, but right. they were you could erase them. Right. And you're like, oh, look, I got this guy's save game, but it's no problem because you could always just delete it and start yeah. over. This might be a bigger issue than some of the older games, the adventure-style games, because this is a game based on performance achievements trophies records i mean it's a it's like a uh, it's an and it's an it's an action game but it's focused entirely on multiplayer okay so it would be like buying a used copy of call of duty from somebody who's already 10 times prestiged and has everything in the game there's nothing really for you to play and you might get matched up against opponents that are way out of your league as a beginning player oh because the save data says that you're much better than you would actually be which most likely everyone will have some experience by the time they sell the game. But in, but is it true in terms of your access to levels and just whatever content there is in the game that you'll, you'll never get restricted by that regardless of whatever state the save game may be if you pick up a used copy? Yeah. Like, it doesn't seem like Capcom is trying to prevent people from being able to play the game. It's more that they're trying to prevent them from enjoying a fresh copy of the game at a used <laughs> price. So here's here's the fascinating part for me is that as soon as news got out, right, all of the blogs were like, oh, clearly this is happening because Capcom is trying to experiment with some bizarre method of restricting used game sale, mm-hmm. right? And Capcom apparently officially said no. That was, it, we did not do that. But they, they didn't offer any alternative explanation. No. So <laughs> it's, it's a little curious. The only reason... No, there's no good reason. No. No, I can't think of any. Well, I, I don't know. The only thing that I would have said is that maybe they were just so pressed for time that they were like, <laughs> you know what? We need one more week to put in this erase save file feature and we just can't wait a week or a day or whatever. Or an hour. Well, no, not just an hour. <laughs> it probably would take a couple of days, realistically. Okay. Um, but if, if you're just for all the things to fall mm-hmm. in place. But anyway, um, yeah, it's kind of funny. But then again, like, this is the same country that made a game where when you died, it would erase your save file and response. Yeah. <laughs> so... Yeah. Somebody somewhere must have had a really, really, I don't know, at least in their head, a, a specific brilliant reason of doing it, but I can't think of one. Well, I, the reason I don't fault them too much, um, besides my obvious, uh, I don't know, fan, being a fan of Capcom, I, I think they know what they're doing. They've always been heavy in fan support. But they they also tinkered in uh, very restrictive... Um, 
uh, what do you call it? The thing to prevent piracy. The DRM. Yeah, DRM. I kept thinking DLC. The the DRM they put in on PSN meant that when PSN was down, you couldn't play any of their games. All right. Well, when the commercials are up and the music's playing, we can't do talking. So we'll be back. <laughs> to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. It's a number one. Woohoo! And we are back once again. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio. If you'd like to call in, you can totally do that at our number... Toll free, 866-536-1100. So now comes the time of the show where... Do we have any, like, celebration music or anything like that? Do you know what just happened this week? Um, Supreme Court decision 7-2 to two, upholding the Ninth Circuit decision in Brown versus Entertainment Merchants Association. Mm-hmm. What is that? All that gibberish means... That means video games remain protected under First Amendment. Yes. which that, uh, That's when usually the music comes in. There we go, yes. <laughs> yes, that's right. Nice. If, if you don't agree with this, you are un-American communist, <laughs> and we're going to send Senator McCarthy after you. Yeah, because he's, he's still kicking. <laughs> <laughs> He'll never stop. All right, so... This is I don't know I don't know what to say about this. I mean, it's like okay, that's cool. I'm I'm glad they decided this way. Mm-hmm. For one, I find it interesting that every almost every decision that the Supreme Court makes these days, there's always somebody who complains that the decision is made only in favor of corporates, corporations and big government, right? Yeah. And so this time, I don't think that they've made I mean, the decision is beneficial for the industry, and I guess in that sense, it could be construed as favoriting corporations. But I, I really don't think that that was the heart of it. And, you know, of course, all the special interest groups who did not want this to pass the way it did and wanted there to be a literal federal ban on miners purchasing games. Mm-hmm. They're all complaining because it's like, well, now, now, you know, now parents, a great injustice has been done against you, even though I see it the complete opposite. Well, there's, there's, I I think this, you know, we'll just call them brown in this case, since they were the ones opposing it. Um, I think this kind of backfired for them because it started out that they pushed this, uh, I'm pretty sure this is the same group. That pushed for the stricter rating system and the uh, the stricter guidelines on the sale of, of mature rated games. They had already gone that far. They made it to where it is technically unlawful to sell a M rated game to a minor. It's not a crime. It's just a finable offense. And they wanted to push it even further where they would look at jail time for a, a, a person that sold them or f- major fines and uh, maybe even sanctions against a company that employed a person who sold these games to a child. 
and even to go so far as to um, not allow parents to buy the games for their children. I mean, they were pushing and pushing. And instead of just letting it be where it was, which is a pretty good state, uh, in my opinion, now they've gone so far as to have it officially vindicated as a media a medium protected by the So the they First pushed Amendment. it so far that it snapped back on them, basically. I feel, I feel that way, because yeah, now it's, it's a First Amendment-protected medium where it wasn't before, officially. This is true, and, and I, I think this is great. I think that it actually lends more legitimacy to video games as an expressive medium as as they should be because they are there's there's nothing about a video game that makes it i mean it's pretty obvious right makes it not be expressive in the same way that you know a film or a book or music might be in fact one thing that i like to say all the time is that you can understand video games as a container for all other media and if you think about it that way right Mm -hmm. I mean, you can express a book through a video game. You can express music through a video game. You can express a movie through a video game if you want to. Yeah, and I, I think the real the the interesting part lies in the future of how they differentiate the experience of interacting with a video game versus all the other the passive interaction that you have with a movie or a song or a book yep the whole yeah the whole passive active thing that's like you know a lot of people have a lot of strong opinions about mm -hmm. that and how that should be weighted i think the jury's still out on that yeah but we we've got a call we've got scott from ontario scott are you with us i am yes how you doing scott not doing so bad all right what do you got to talk to us about something related to the supreme court perhaps Oh, yeah. Um, basically, I just want to say that um, if this would have passed, this would have actually caused a lot more problems than it would have solved, not just from the whole lack of um, evidence that it actually even causes problems, but from the sense of in order for a game to be released, it would need to be rated as bound or not bound, obviously. It would be what? So it need to be rated how violent, how violent it would be um, to see who would be able to be sold to, right? It's you know what honestly I don't know what would happen if if the outcome didn't come out the way it would have. Um, I mean that's yeah I mean like you can uh, you could speculate on all manner of bad uh, consequences from that sort of thing. You know it's possible too. The problem too. is though. Uh, right? I, I was just gonna say it's possible too that you know they might go to something close to the TV rating system where. You know, if it's rated for adults, it'll tell you why. You know, what level of uh, uh, violence or adult situation, sexuality. Yeah, it's going to be rated, though. It's going to be rated. Um, the problem is, though, ratings cost money. So who's going to be the most likely to be able to pay the money? The big publishers that are going to push balance for the sake of balance, shovelware crap, basically. Um, and well, the independent developers would not be able to do it, so you actually increase the concentration of violence for the sake of violence and decrease the concentration of art, causing a bigger problem. Well, I, I think that actually, Scott, uh, you have a very valid point, and the thing that's really dangerous about a lot of these political situations is that often there are all kinds of unintended consequences that usually tend to bite people back and result in sometimes an even worse thing than what they're trying to accomplish, right? So you may oh, yeah. have on the surface accomplished what you wanted to, right? But then there's like all these negative side effects that no one could have predicted that maybe puts you in a worse spot than you were in. 
Oh, yeah, typically censorship actually, um, for the sake of violence or sexuality or whatever, um, tends to cause the problem um, in a lot of sense. Um, I can go to the funny case of the uh, Catholic school or schoolgirl stereotype, but um, in a more reasonable uh, um, situation, I believe it was Slate that actually said uh, a while ago that as violent media gets released, um, rate of violence actually drops. Um, especially local, to, if it's a uh, smaller uh, theater showing uh, in the event of violent movies. Certainly. Um, I mean, you could look at, I mean, this example comes up all the time, right? You can look at Japan. I mean, Japan, there's a lot of crazy things about that society, but their crime rate is relatively very, very low. And yeah. they're, 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 well, the weirdness... Right, it's expression. Right. The weirdness and the violence in their media is so much more over the top than here in many cases... And it's really like you just got to conclude that just the situation is not clear. You know, A does not necessarily follow B, even though yeah. it seems like it to some people. And you're yeah. absolutely and actually, right. Go ahead, Scott. Actually, uh, the funny thing is that same uh, well, a similar study um, reported at the same time um, also said that the uh, rate of uh, violent, uh, sorry, violent sexual crimes actually dropped um, as internet uh, became uh, available. And then again, as internet switched from dial-up to high speed um, in each of the 50 states, as each of the 50 states acquired the uh, infrastructure. This totally this, this totally makes sense to me. Doesn't it make sense to you, Scott? Oh, yeah. No, it's just funny. It's kind of food for thought. It's like, hmm, maybe it really is for porn. Hmm. Um, as for uh, the reason why, I mean... Art has reason. It's culturing. If people are able to express themselves, even the negative aspects of themselves, either by creating as well as consuming content, then they are probably less likely to um, lash out in other ways. Well, I, I think there's a lot to be said for that. And, and I think that the, the, the really funny thing about all of these, these, you know, these really weird connections like, oh, games – Games are murder simulators, and you're training people to, you know, I mean, like that that crazy Grossman guy who was on TV some years ago. And, you know, oh, if you if you play games like this, then that'll make you desensitized to that type of thing, and you'll want to do it more. And there's, these are like old wives' tales, you know? Like, mm -hmm. people somehow make these connections that seem just plausible just by hearing them. And everyone just says, oh, yeah, that's probably that way. Yeah, we'll just decide that it's that way. And I don't even know how this stuff spreads, but I mean, it's just like it's just like old wives tales. That's what it is. Just everybody starts thinking the same way about something and even though it might not actually be the reality at all, everyone is just so ingrained into believing it that way that they couldn't imagine anything else. And that's actually a very very dangerous way of thinking. Yeah, you actually, yeah. You really can't a, you can't break down human nature into uh logical progressions you can't just say this will always cause people to do this like you said a doesn't always follow b you and know, not I'd... just that actually a lot of those statistics that i've seen saying violent video games causes violence is actually going the opposite way they see they control their um sample space uh math major sorry well physics major sorry um they control their sample space to include violent people measure the amount of violence they uh violent media they consume and then say if you drop the dependent variable, the independent variable will break. No, 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 no. You can only vary the independent variable. You're violating junior high school statistics. Right, well, um, not, not everyone can be as good as uh, statistics than, I, I guess, junior high schoolers. Anyway, <laughs> Scott, thank you for your call. There's the music. We'll be back in a couple minutes.
we're back. You're listening to Chatterbox Video Game Radio, sponsored by uh, our illustrious single sponsor, UAT, the uh, University of Advancing Technology. You can find them on the web at uat.edu. Beautiful. Ah, and you totally got the whole URL right and everything. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I might have been practicing in my head. UAT.edu, spell it right, or you'll get a rootkit. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I should I should I should tell them that should be their new new slogan. They should just buy the domain and set it up that way. Say if you want to fix your computer, enroll today. <laughs> <laughs> Not bad. Okay, so the, there's only one more thing I want to say about this uh, this whole uh, Supreme Court decision thing. Um, so obviously, this makes a lot of people happy, makes a lot of people unhappy. Uh, one individual who's unhappy is Congressman Joe Baca of California. And here's the statement that he said that it just blows my mind. I don't know. I don't get it. Maybe you can help me with this. So in response to the Supreme Court decision, he says, I am disappointed that the multi-billion dollar video game industry will continue to go unchecked in its ability to profit from selling heinous descriptions, depictions of violence and sex to minors. Now, let me... Let me say one thing, okay? Because he has a second part of this quote, right? Okay. Um, not many people may know this. Were you aware that there are no adult-only console games? Yeah. Do you uh, know why? Uh, my understanding was the same reason that there's no real NC-17 movies. Because it... Um, I mean, I'm sure there's probably an infrastructure reason for it, like in the whole sales process and rating process. But I believe most places, Walmart won't carry them, first of all. Um, most outlets won't carry them just for the risk of them getting into the wrong hands. Right. And and the the publishers of the consoles mm-hmm. don't want those games on their consoles. Yeah. They don't. You can get some adult-only PC games. Yeah. There are no adult-only console games. So to say that, to characterize the game video game industry as... You know, concentrating on profiting from selling heinous descriptions of violence and sex depictions. Okay. Maybe some games the violence, mm-hmm. but the sex? N- eh. Not really. I, I don't know a lot of heinous not sexual really. depictions in it's, games. So he goes on to say, and this is the real kicker here. Unfortunately, the industry is still not doing enough to provide parents with accurate information regarding the content of many games. And this is the part that I, I really have strong opposition to. First of all, the guy never mentions what is incomplete or inadequate about the way games are rated now. I think games are described quite well in terms of their their violent or sexual content mm-hmm. with with the you know with the ESRB ratings. Right. On top of all of that, right? I'm not a parent. I don't plan on being a parent. But if I ever was. You you certainly can rest assured that I will be playing a game and I will know all about a game before my kid plays it. Yeah. And why like why would you ever think that anything else is adequate? Well, one thing that I've noticed as uh, I've gotten a little older, my friends have gotten older, they've had you know their kids and whatever had some interactions with them. Um, 
parents seem to just get to a point where they just want their kids to be entertained to a point where they'll leave them alone. Right. And which is understandable. Yeah. And also I mean, why I'm deciding to not have them. Yeah. So I forego that problem altogether. It's it's a very human condition. And uh, but what I've seen, you know, specifically with things like uh, Lady Gaga and Kesha and stuff like that, songs that are basically like tramp pop. You know, it's very sexual, very inappropriate, um, Fergie, stuff like that. These little 10, 8, 6-year-old girls know all the words. They're dancing to it. They're singing it. And the, the parents are just completely oblivious to the fact that they're they're putting their kids in this, uh, you know, the, the, but they're basically pantomiming, you know, thrusting in the air, all these things in the video. Sure, sure. That, to me, seems like a much more dangerous thing for your kids to be doing than potentially... Uh, it's just sex. It It is, but... <laughs> you, I, I don't even care about that, but I, I understand your point. Right? To, I, I just think if you see... If I saw a group of eight-year-old girls at the park reenacting no, no, fair a... Fair enough, fair enough. I would Prob- worry for their safety. Probably, most, probably not the most More than some kids mimicking some Mortal Kombat moves. Fair enough, right? Um the other the other side of this is that you know if if it really want if they really want to control what their kids are exposed to then they need to parent their kids you know if they're sending their kids off to a friend's house and their friend's parents let them do that right. then don't let them go over there unchaperoned right. yeah know, I, I think it's that you have, big of a deal I think that you have a really good point and I think that what what you're leading up to whether you maybe you're doing it deliberately maybe you aren't is that the problem is when parents feel like they can rely on another authority to make decisions for them Mm -hmm. is that they stop paying attention. And when it's not a question of if, it's a question of when things go wrong, it's even worse. And this is exactly analogous to the type of phenomenon that happens. This has been scientifically studied and proven. Did you know that when somebody is driving a vehicle and they feel safer in that vehicle, do you know what they do? They actually drive more dangerously in order to compensate for the fact that they're feeling safer. And they do it at a subconscious level. Of course it's subconscious. Right. I mean, if you're very, very self-aware, you may realize that that's what you're doing. I mean, you know, it's, it's, it's not that complicated, right? But it's, it's, a, it's an unintuitive aspect of reality, mm-hmm. you see, right? And it's like there is, you know, for, for you being in a car, there's actually a, a kind of like a static level of risk that you try to maintain no matter what. And if you're feeling safer, you're going to compensate for that safety, as insane as that sounds. And that's why safer vehicles are not better, because safer vehicles make for stupider drivers. (laughs) And that's why something that is perceived as an improvement is not always an improvement. And you got to be really, really careful about these things, because these things are so insidious, right? Yeah. And so... So by that same rationale... One could make the argument that if all the games were G-rated or whatever, you know, rated E for everyone, right. that uh, it would potentially create a an environment where kids would be more violent. Well, who compensate. who knows? You know, it's it's not clear, right? Well, I guess we won't, considering they got shot down in the Supreme Court. Right, but <laughs> but the thing about the thing that drives me nuts is that like all these like parent special interest groups are like, oh. This is bad for parents because, you know, parents want to be able to control what the kids do. It's like, you can. It's called parenting. Yeah. And what this does is this enables you to do less parenting 
with apparently what you think is the same outcome, which is your child being safe, right. whatever that means, right? But the end result is that it permits you to pay less attention to what your child is doing. And so it very well may be that it's much worse for the parenting of your child because it's making you more complicit in being less of a parent. Yep, I, I could definitely see that. And that's super dangerous, you know? And I think, I mean, you should, I don't know, if you're going to be a parent, you should be able to decide what is appropriate or not appropriate for your kid, right? You're the parent, it's your kid. You leave these things in the hands of the government, right? Mm-hmm. For a year, for a decade, it's convenient for you. After that, guess what? You've lost that power, and you'll never get it back, even if you wanted to. Well, you know, and the argument that uh, publishers are marketing these to young kids, I mean, they they actually can't market them during, like, kid shows. They don't, they're not like cereal companies that can, right. you know, just get away well, with Well, it, this but. is funny, too, right? Because we have this stigma of, like, games are for kids, and games are not for kids anymore. Some games are for kids. It's like saying music is for kids. Mm-hmm. No. There's, there's music, there's Rafi, there's Sesame Street, <laughs> and then there's Nine Inch Nails or whatever, right. right? So not always the same medium for the same group of people. Like, that's kind of obvious now, but the things that, like, it's certain things aren't helping us, right? Like, for example, like, not that Duke Nukem exists, right? That doesn't, that doesn't necessarily help or hurt us. But Toys R Us advise, advertising Duke Nukem in the latest flyer, and you get a Duke Nukem uh, little uh, action figure... Okay, that's a little borderline. Like, that's probably not helping us, <laughs> you know? Like, okay, I understand adults go to Toys R Us too, but probably not the best choice of venue to sell that product. Sure. Just, I don't know, call me crazy, but I just get the feeling. Yeah, and, you know, I I honestly don't think that it would be advantageous to market to kids because parents are at least aware when they go in that this is an M-rated, M-rated game, and... The kids don't have the money to do it themselves. They're sixty dollars games. Yeah. So I, I don't know. I think that argument is is kind of uh, yeah. kind of trite. So hopefully this means the uh, resurgence of personal responsibility and um, not the opposite of that. And um, yeah, personal responsibility is always good. So where you hear that music, <laughs> I'm hearing that music too. Yeah. We don't have a lot of time left. No, you got any? Just me. You got any parting words for us? Uh, it's been fun, you know, sitting in for a lawn a little bit. And yeah, and I, it's been fun too. I yeah. think I've had a lot of fun. So I'll, I'm sure I'll be back from time to time when you guys get mad at each other and need a break. <laughs> Good times. Well, that's our show for tonight. Thanks everybody for listening, and we will be back with Alon for better or worse next week. been listening to chatterbox video game radio tune in next week for more tips and info and the latest and greatest in video gaming and remember all your base are belong to us